Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. I know this, this country is in a messed up place right now. I just think it's important that, that we all stick together and we stand up for what's right. Well, it doesn't matter if I'm Magic Johnson or not. My kid, just like I am, still a black man, right? Now that we're acting like this, it's because we're fed up, we're tired of it, we can't take it anymore. It, it's it's got to stop. I pray every day that this, that justice will be served for George and his family, and not just him. It's hundreds and hundreds of other people. It's got to change. I just want to say no justice, no peace. <laughs> Powerful words from Trey Young, Magic Johnson, and so many others. Welcome to The Jump. I am Rachel Nichols. I am alongside NBA champion Kendrick Perkins, our NBA insider Brian Windhorse. And guys, only two NBA franchises have not issued a public statement on the civil unrest that's been wrenching the country since the death of George Floyd eight days ago. One is the Spurs. Although their team president, Greg Popovich, instead did give an extensive interview on the subject. We'll get into that in a moment. The other, though, is the New York Knicks, and ESPN has obtained an internal email which addresses the decision to remain silent. The email reads, quote, We know that some of you have asked about whether our company is going to make a public statement about the killing of George Floyd by a Minneapolis police officer. I want you to know I realize the importance of this issue. Therefore, I want you to to understand our internal position. It goes on to say, quote, this is a turbulent time in our country. The coronavirus and civil unrest have taken their toll on the way of life. We at Madison Square Garden stand by our values of respect and peaceful workplace. We always will. As companies in the business of sports and entertainment, however, we are not any more qualified than anyone else to offer our opinion on social matters. Now, ESPN's Pablo Torre tweeted this, quote, I have just been told that dozens of disgruntled MSG employees are currently meeting without Jim Dolan to discuss Dolan's internal memo and position on this subject. It's the equivalent of a players-only meeting, except it's the non-player employees who are meeting. Perk, what do you think of all this? Do you buy James Dolan's reasoning for staying silent? Rachel, nothing surprised me no more when it comes down to James Cupcake Dolan. And if you want to be nice about it and call him James L. Dolan, make sure you make sure the L stands for loss because he's lost. Now here it is, the most valuable franchise in the NBA had a had had a a, a choice to speak out on civil rights and they dropped the ball again. Here it is, this organization, the Knicks organization has had a dark cloud over their head over the last decade or so, and they had a chance to speak out and not only bring a little sunlight to the world, but to their organization. But guess what they bought? They bought a thunderstorm, and it's disappointing because the New York Knicks are the weakest link in the NBA. They don't represent what the NBA is all about. The NBA is not all about basketball. The NBA represents a brotherhood. The NBA represents leadership. And guess what? James Dolan and the New York Knicks lack in both of those categories. Jim Dolan has legendary bad judgment. 
<laughs> legendary. It's been <laughs> happening for decades all across the board. This is a guy who once wrote a song and performed it, recorded it, about Trayvon Martin. I knew you were mm. going to say he that. Hired, he has hired many, many people Just to help it. him with this bad judgment, and he apparently doesn't listen to any of them. We all have mistakes in judgment. We all rely on people in our lives to correct us. He doesn't listen to them. One of the reasons why he keeps going through coaches and general managers is because of this judgment. He hired Leon Rose, one of the great agents in the business, to try to help him fix his reputation with players because he couldn't even get Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving interested in joining the Knicks last year. And I don't think this is going to help one bit. Well, Kendrick, that's what I was going to ask you is, look, this is a guy who really since the Phil Jackson posse comment it's not just that James Dolan and his opinion and the way he runs the franchise has been an issue, but for a lot of players, the way things went with that period certainly had turned them off to the franchise. And Leon Rose was supposed to be someone who was trusted by players, such a good communicator, someone who has a great reputation in the league, and he was going to tell guys, hey, don't worry about the larger thing. Trust me. You can trust me. If you were a player today, Kendrick, would you buy that? Would that be enough for you? No, no, Rachel. And, it, and like Brian said, it's a reason why he can't land superstars. It's a reason why they dropped the ball not signing Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving this offseason. No one wants to play for James Dolan and the Knicks. Like, they're a dysfunctional organization, and if I'm a player, I don't want to go there. And right now, just think about it. Players are mad. Some of the people in the front office are mad because that they, they, organization can't issue out a statement while the world is dealing with a, a, a crisis in a trying time and is in the uproar. So no, I wouldn't be a, I wouldn't be a Nick. I'm sorry. A statement is literally the least that this franchise could do. All right, I mentioned Spurs head coach and team president Greg Popovich earlier. Pop, as we know, never shied away from voicing his opinions on social and civic matters, so it comes as no surprise to hear he had some strong thoughts on the national outrage over the death of George Floyd and so many others before him. In a conversation with our friend Dave Zirin of The Nation, Pop said this, quote, the thing that strikes me is that we all see this police violence and racism, and we've all seen it before, but nothing changes. That's why these protests have been so explosive. But without leadership and an understanding of what the problem is, there will never be a change. And white Americans have avoided reckoning with this problem forever because it's been our privilege to be able to avoid it. That also has to change. Now, Perk, I should note that the Spurs themselves have not put out a statement. Ownership has not always agreed with Greg Popovich politically. But what effect does it have for a Hall of Fame level coach in a state like Texas to so passionately support the Black Lives Matter movement? And see, this is why you love Greg. I love Greg Popovich. Not only is he's a, is he's a great coach, but he's a great individual. And when you look at Greg Pop. Like, you know, as a white American with power, he voices his opinion. He speaks for what's right. And I think a lot and a lot of others fall, fall in line. Just think about it. Steve Kerr said it yesterday. When Greg Popovich set the bar, he follows behind his mentor. And I think he's setting the bar for other white Americans with power to speak out. Bill Belichick. You know, Bob Ehrman for boxing, who, you know, other coaches has made him hundreds of millions of dollars. It's time for those guys to speak out. And here's why, Rachel. Yes, the African-Americans, I could speak out 
I have a little power, but it don't mean nothing that much like it would mean from them. Because for the simple fact, they would say, oh, Perk just speaking out because it happened to an African-American. But if a white if a white American with power speaks out about a situation that happened to an Afri- African-American, it sings a different song. And it, and it raises a different eyebrows and, and their voices being heard. So I just, I love Pop and I love what he do when he speaks out in the community. And I just think it's beautiful. And I, I just, you know, I always applaud him when he does things like this. Yeah, there's lots of different entities and lots of different people making statements right now. Uh, Greg Popovich, his, his authenticity is backed up by the fact that he has been talking about these issues for years. This is not something that he is making because he feels he's threatened or under duress or trying to be politically correct. We know that this is how he feels because he talks about this and demonstrates and backs up his feelings with actions to increase awareness and diversity with his actions in that role all across the board for a long period of time. And the thing about the Spurs and Popovich leading them, they are not afraid to be standalone characters, to be out, to be an outlier. For example, right now they are one of just two teams that have not opened their practice facility because they are still seriously concerned about COVID-19. Greg Popovich has never been afraid to go it alone, and the fact that he is now being joined hopefully will amplify his message. But as his comments show, he's concerned that it won't matter. Absolutely. It speaks to that, Brian, that the writer who worked with Greg Popovich on that story, Dave Zirin, tweeted out that at the end of their conversation, Pop said, have I said enough to get me in trouble yet? Because that was his goal. He wanted to make headlines. He wanted to be heard, which we all really appreciate. All right. So you guys have heard me say that the team that made me fall in love with the NBA, the Bullets, to me, it doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, sure, it's the same franchise. But they have a different name. They don't play in my home state anymore. Still, man, it, it really hit me hard this morning when I heard that Wes Unseld had died at the age of 74 after a series of serious health issues. Unseld was amazing. He was a Hall of Famer and perhaps the greatest Bullets player ever. The team selected him out of Louisville with the number two overall pick in 1968. And he made an impact immediately, leading the team to its first ever playoff appearance that season And by the way, he earned Rookie of the Year and MVP honors, both. The only other player to win both awards in one year was Wilt Chamberlain. In his 13-year career, Unseld led the Bullets to four finals appearances, their only championship in 1978. He was named Finals MVP for that. But even when bad knees ended his career, Unseld stuck with the team. He later became the coach, then the GM. So many people are remembering Unseld and his impact today from those who played with him, those who played for him, today's players. Kevin Love's father, Stan, played with Wes and gave Kevin the middle name Wesley in honor of Unseld. Kevin tweeted, quote, proud to be named after such a great man, a legend and a leader. Wes, you will be missed by the NBA family and all whose lives you have touched. Rest in peace. The Junk family sends our condolences to Unseld's family and friends. He will be remembered. We'll be right back. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance. And 
fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the camaraderie of the other bikers, a band of brothers, always there for you, rain or shine, to the amazing savings you get with Geico on your motorcycle insurance and accessories coverage all year round. But for Bucky Hornhill, it was one reason in particular. It was my helmet hair. I was born with helmet hair. I've tried to cut it a bunch of times, even buzzing it, but it immediately just goes back to helmet hair. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Tomorrow on ESPN and the app, relive Game 6 and 7 of the 2012 Eastern Conference Finals between the Celtics and Heat. It was Big 3 against Big 3. KG, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce taken on Bosch, D. Wade, and LeBron. Game 6 starts at 7 Eastern. Welcome back to The Jump, and welcome in to Atlanta Hawks coach Lloyd Pierce. Lloyd, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. All good. Thanks for having me. Lloyd, you've taken a leadership role with the NBA Coaches Association. You're heading a committee to figure out ways for you guys to help change happen in your cities. Why is that so important for you guys to get involved in this organized way? And, and what do you think you can do? We have a league that's that's dominated. Um, you know, it's it's very relying on a lot of African-American men. I, I don't know what the percentage breakdown is. Uh, but we understand that and we coach and we lead and, and, and we work with these African American men on a consistent and daily basis and, and they have huge platforms of, of followers and, and fans and, and so we understand and I understand as an African American coach and here in the city of Atlanta of all cities, um, you have to understand that. But you know, I've been enraged. I've had I've had a I've had a, a terrible week dealing with this, but, but this isn't new for me as an African-American man or any other African-American man. We, we've experienced this fear, um, this feeling for a long time, but to see it live, to see it on TV, to see it in front of everyone, um, the action was important. And the action, understanding that we have to coach these men that have these fears and that deal with these issues, uh, whether they're running, jogging down the street, whether they're uh, getting pulled over for a traffic stop. And so how do we go about helping them if we haven't even had the conversation or identified that it's a problem. And so we wanted to form this committee. I was encouraged, um, blown away by our head coaching response uh, for all 30 coaches plus some to, to join that meeting and really show their vulnerability, the embarrassment that some had, the fear that others had. But really it was a call to action for all of us. Yeah, the idea for this committee came out partly and, and was hashed out through this Zoom call with all 30 coaches. I'd love to know a little bit more from you about what that was like, because it sounds like a really, really important conversation. Yeah, you know, obviously a lot of people, it's hard to get everyone to speak and communicate, but ideas were thrown out, stories were shared, emotions were shared. Um, but I think the bottom line is we were all unified in the fact that we needed to issue a statement we needed to be unified. We needed to form a committee and we needed to take advantage of our platform, our positioning, our access and really start uh, to form a, a way to create change. And, and that's what we're doing. We met again as a committee yesterday. We're meeting again tomorrow as a committee. And it's all about change now. We, we got everyone on the same page. Now, what are we going to do with it? And those are the ideas. We have an email and a text exchange that's going back and forth. I've been on phone calls with all the coaches nonstop. And so we're, we're committed. We're encouraged. We're, we're, we're motivated right now. And, and it's on us. We, we, we put it out there that we're going to uh, 
um, work to, to create some change in our NBA city. We have 30 NBA cities in, in our country that we can make a huge um, improvement on in terms of race relations with the law enforcement officers in those cities uh, and the terms of the legislation and the things that we can do to create some change there in the hirings of officials in our local and state government. So we have a huge platform and we have a lot of access and we need to take advantage of this right now. We are going to be following you every step of the way, trying to amplify your message, coach. It's so, so important. Uh, Before I let you go, I I do want to quickly switch gears and just ask you about the NBA's plans to resume the season. There's a lot of scenarios that have been floated, but most don't include all 30 teams coming back. And that would leave out teams like yours near the bottom of the standings. How do you feel about that? Do you want the Atlanta Hawks to be included in the Orlando scenario? I mean, without a doubt, um, you know, I, I coach of the youngest team in the NBA. Uh, mm-hmm. The biggest thing and the biggest thing we can benefit from is playing basketball. And, and we've been, the game has been taken away from all of us at this point. Um, but if the season is going to resume and, and we're still not a part of it, it, it hurts our growth. It hurts our product. It hurts our ability to, to uh, continue the momentum that we need going into next season. Um, I play young guys. I have young guys. They need game experience. <laughs> and so it, it's, we need to play basketball. We want to play basketball. We're, we're on our Zoom meetings Thursdays and Sundays, and our guys, you know, want to do it. But we also understand, you know, there's so many scenarios, and, and we're all anxiously waiting to find out uh, where we sit in that. And then, you know, whatever the course of action that happens, we'll, we'll 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 continue to find ways to get better as an organization with our guys. Coach, thank you so much for your time. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Coming up, which team outside of the top 16 would pose the biggest threat if the 22-team format is approved? Stick around to find out why Perk is so excited about his pick. First, though, it's time for our distant replay from this date, 1989. Oh, this is a good one from Michael Jordan. Detroit will calm you down. They'll work their plays. Steele, he kept it in bounds. Here it is again. He's done a lot of great shots, but I've never seen this before from him. Bulls are up 8-2, and Michael Jordan has already given them their money's worth. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Tonight, right here on ESPN, we remember Len Bias, who died June 19th, 1986. Sports Center is going to get things started with a special at 7 Eastern, then Maryland's big upset of then number one, North Carolina, from 86, follow up by our 30 for 30 without bias. Then we wrap up the night with Maryland alum, Scott Van Pelt. And coming up next right here on the network, it's Jalen and Jacoby, highly questionable and around the horn. A two-hour sports center is at 5 with the PTI guys joining at 5.30. And now, from this date, let's relive the Mavericks' epic comeback against the Miami Heat in Game 2 of the 2011 Finals thanks to an incredible performance by Dirk Nowitzki. From the offensive rebound, tried to save it, 
Ball still loose, picked up by Terry. A minute remaining. Here goes Marion. Back to Nowitzki. Lefty layup. Banks it in, and the game is tied. And this crowd is stunned. Terry to Nowitzki. Puts up the three. Puts it in. Dallas goes up by three. A 20-2 run. One of the most incredible comebacks in NBA Finals history. Seven to shoot. Nowitzki drives. Goes underneath. Lefty layup. Banks it in. With 3.6 remaining. Miami out of timeouts. Trailing by two. Dane back to Wade. Wade puts it up for the win. Off the mark. And Dallas has tied the Finals. Dirk Nowitzki, the last nine points for the Mavericks. And this building has gone quiet. What a moment, Brian. You and I were in the building for that one. All right, guys. The NBA's Board of Governors are expected to vote Thursday on whether to approve a return-to-play proposal for Orlando that includes not just the 16 teams in playoff position right now, but any teams within six games of the final playoff spots in each conference, which brings the total number up to 22. That means we'd be adding the Pelicans, Suns, Blazers, Kings, and Spurs of the West, plus the Wizards in the East. So, Kendrick, we expect the league to also approve a play-in tournament for those final playoff spots. Which of these teams could make the most noise in a play-on tournament setting? Ooh, Rachel, I'm going with my good friends down there in the swamps. David Griffin, Alvin Gentry. Yeah, baby, I'm going with the New Orleans Pelicans. Know why? They got a deep roster. They was playing some of the best basketball before the pandemic, and they're healthy. They got a great veteran leader in J.J. Redick, who, by the way, could score the ball. They have a, a, a first-time all-star in Brandon Ingram, who's a closer. They have a veteran, Drew Holiday, who's one of the most underrated players in today's league. And they have Lonzo Ball, who I call the bust, but has been living up to the hype of a number two pick of lately. And by the way, they have a star, a star in Zion Williamson. Yes, everybody look at him, and he could go out there and get you 20 and 10, but he plays winning basketball. And so with me, I'm going with the New Orleans Pelicans. Yes, I am. Can I just take a moment here to sort of stand up for the little guy who are the Memphis Grizzlies and talk about how royally they're getting screwed in this arrangement because they are going to have to potentially compete with five additional teams to fend off their number eight seed, which they, you know, earned while in the East, because I don't think they're going to meld the conferences. The, the magic only have to deal with one in the wizards. And how also, is that going to work, spend- Brian though? How is that I even going to work? But if, Mm-mm. I don't know, but if I'm Memphis, I sure as heck want to find out. And I also want to point out that the scheduling is going to be a big issue here because right. there's not going to be enough games to have a balanced schedule. So who's going to get the tougher schedule? It might be a team like the Pelicans because there may be t- made-for-TV matchups, Lakers against Pelicans, Clippers against Pelicans, whereas the Grizzlies might play the Suns and Jazz a few times. There's going to be some upset people when this all gets announced and adjudicated. I'm sure the strength of schedule of the games that were remaining is going to be a factor for the NBA as they figure this out. Remember, Memphis I'm sure had the won't. toughest strength that? of schedule. Oh, you don't think won't. so? They won't care. Why? No. What do you think? I they're going to go for TV matchups? Of course, which they should do. <laughs> for Brian Cynical, he thinks it's all about the money. I, I can't say I disagree with him there. We will see how it turns out, whether it's the Wizards and Magic fighting for a playoff spot in the East while six teams fight in the West. We'll find out. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.